2: Welcome in, everybody, a little uh, tribute there to Dusty Hill, bassist from the iconic ZZ Top, uh, died in his sleep overnight, 72. Billy Gibbons is kind of the guy when it comes to ZZ Top. First of all, we say hello to Ben Byron across the way producing uh, the show here today.
0: It.
2: it was very faint, but it was there. It was. And um, Billy Gibbons is a good dude, fascinating guy. But uh, Dusty Hill, 72, no longer with us. Had had some health issues. Boy, well, there you go. It's a good pull there today, Ben, to uh, start things off. Hey, uh, a story that we have gotten a ton of, uh, of response to uh, the last two days has been this thing that's going on with the High School Athletic Association and the legislature and all that. Uh, they just got out of like a two-hour meeting a little bit ago. And uh, I guess they're speaking to the media now. And that's why there's really no tweeted updates because they were waiting for the people to come out. So we, we'll, we'll try to maybe in the update or later on before the show ends uh, get you to what was being said. But essentially that's the lawmakers who wanted to abolish the High School Athletic Association, members of the High School Athletic Association, uh, Commissioner Tucker, who was on with us Monday, uh, our pal James Alverson, some other staffers were there, Karen DeHart, who I've known for years. Uh Dribblebus uh was there. And uh Jerry Simmons, who inserts himself into everything, the Newborn principal, he, he was there as well. Uh but I mean that's that's uh that's that's you know, that's like we said the other day, everybody's kind of got an opinion on that. And that's been a real, you know, kind of hot button issue. I actually had some people reach out to me yesterday and thank me for covering it the way we have the last two days, because not a lot of media outlets are covering, well, especially not, in the sports media. They're not going to cover it. in The sports media, and what you're going to get is going to be sympathetic to the high school athletic association exactly. and anti-legislature. Now, look, I'm no fan of government interfering and sticking their nose in and trying to come up with uh, solutions where there are not any. But I do think that there is. In, in other words, I and, I and I have not stated this because you know we were out off last week with my portion of being here on the show, and I, because of these interviews, I haven't stated it. I think it's a horrible idea for the legislature to take over the NCHSAA or that role.
1: The government getting involved in anything—well, like it's just that. not it's good. Just not a good deal.
2: But apparently, it, it just becomes so untenable with the athletic association responding to the government, thumbing their nose at the government that that was the nuclear option. Kind of left them with no choice. I think that was reflected in the remarks from Todd Johnson yesterday. The senator that joined us. And he was great. Um, and I thought Commissioner Tucker was great. I, th- I, th- I just wanted to give them both a chance as the principals in this to kind of say what they needed to say. There were some contradictory statements. And as always is the case, the truth lies somewhere in between. Again, I don't think that it, it's a good idea for the legislature to be involved in the day-to-day operations. But they need to be involved in the oversight. I think that's very clear. So we'll, we'll find out what's being said there in a little bit. Uh, we got a little bit of ECU news to get to uh, here in just a few minutes. Uh, Brett McMurphy, friend of the show from Stadium, will be with us as well. Uh, Obviously, what's going to happen now? The changing landscape of college athletics after uh, everything going on with Oklahoma and Texas set to join the SEC in all likelihood in 2025. So Brett, who's been all over this, will be with us. Well, we asked McComas yesterday... Whose idea this was? I, I, I don't want to knock Tyler because I mean he was providing some good insight, but I, I don't know if Tyler really had the the answer, at least what I was looking for, or he just didn't know. I think McMurphy's going to know who came up with this. Who's who? Who made the first move? It's like a date, Ben. Who made the first move? Oh, Ben, I was a terrible dater growing up. I was, I was, I would never make the. I was so scared, I would never make the uh, the move. Growing up, I was a terrible
1: dater. Were you a simp? No, I wasn't a simp. No, no,
2: I wasn't a simp.
1: Sounds like you're a simp. No, me. no,
2: I just was I was just, you know, painfully shy. As Joe Dooley would say about my my uh, dating. Uh let me down again, Ben. <laughs> I've been bragging on you in meetings all week, and you let me down again.
3: Absolutely. I agree
2: you with you, Joe. I agree with you, coach, about Ben. <laughs> not being on the mark there, I agree. I mean, here I am. I've, I've, I mean, have I not bragged about oh, you, brother? This guy stinks. No, I've, I've said great things about you in all the meetings this week. It's been a big week
1: of meetings, lots of meetings, but they've been productive meetings. I was trying to give you the benefit of the doubt when it came to your uh, personal dating, dating habits oh, growing terrible. up. It was terrible back in the day. I mean, it got better as uh, when I got older, but I mean, it was awful,
2: awful when I was young. Awful when I was
1: young. You, live and you learn. What well, yeah, do you do?
2: You do. No, I wasn't a sim. I wasn't. I because that <laughs> you kind of you you let the girl lead you along if you're a sim, and I, and I would never do that. I was just sh- kind of shy. Didn't want to talk to him. That's all. I thought I was being mysterious. You got to be an alpha. I was not then, but I. It can't be no beta. You got to be an alpha. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Speaking of uh, betas, so the Triangle Sports Media. There's a ton of betas there. All up in arms about... a whole school of them. So, the Hurricanes have signed a guy, relatively inexpensively, who's a productive player, and it's a one-year deal. Ben, Ben, the player is? Tony D'Angelo. Tony D'Angelo is a guy who played previously with the Rangers. Yep. D'Angelo has signed a one-year pact with, with the Carolina Hurricanes. William Mill.
1: Not a lot in hockey. Not a lot and in any And it seems sport. to
2: me that your Carolina Hurricanes, because they're certainly not mine. I'm off that bandwagon. <laughs> it seems to me your Carolina Hurricanes are signing guys to short-term, inexpensive deals with an eye towards future contracts. Yeah. but they. But this guy's a pretty good player. I mean, let's... They haven't signed a tomato can. They've actually signed a pretty good player.
1: He's not a star by any means, but if you need somebody to fill the void of Dougie Hamilton, who was an offensive-minded defenseman, Tony D'Angelo is just like Dougie Hamilton in that aspect. But he's cheaper. Like, he's Dougie hamilton light, and he's much cheaper. Right. Now,
2: Dougie Hamilton, who was bagged on all year by the fans. All of a sudden, bagged, a sudden, they love him. Bagged on all year by the media. All of a sudden, they love him because this guy, D'Angelo, is a Trump supporter. That's all it is. There's nothing. There's nothing more to it. He's a Trump supporter. There are allegations that he has uh, made race, racist remarks. I mean, which is if he has, and it's provable, then they've got a point. It's reprehensible if he did. But if these are just stories,
1: it's all hearsay. It's yeah, just if stories. it's
2: hearsay and accusations, and there's no concrete proof, there's no social media tra- if, if any of that exists, and they're just uh, then what our friends of the Triangle Sports Media are doing is the exact same thing again that they gripe about when we call out things like Simone Biles or taking a knee or, you know, well, we, you guys aren't qualified to talk about this. But I got news for you. I'm more qualified to talk about it than they are because of 20-some-odd years of news and sports. But that they're doing the exact same thing they, they complain exactly. about. Yeah. When you complain about things that you believe in. Yeah. They just don't like this guy's politics. Am I am I misreading this?
1: No, that's exactly if I'm misreading what's going on. this, I want you to tell me. No, you're not misreading it at all. I mean, th- there's reportedly an incident back in the day where he made an ethnic comment, but it wasn't towards an African American or anything. it was towards a white player, a fellow white. But player. But is it is it hearsay or is it innuendo? That was all innuendo. That's okay. all locker room. So rumors.
2: there's no nobody's got a recording of it. It's no not. no recording, nothing like that. So I mean, you could obviously say anything about anybody. Not saying that's the case here, but it could be. And if if it's provable that he said that, if it's provable he said it, if it's somewhere in social media, it's not. <laughs> I'm not all for counsel, for the cancel culture, but I mean, if he said something, then the guy should you have a you have a legit if he displayed a consistent pattern of behavior in that direction, then that's a legitimate concern. What you are telling me, at least right now, and from what little bit I've looked up. In the last little bit this afternoon, he doesn't look like that he's displayed that, at least that I can see publicly. Now, I haven't turned over every rock because I have other things to do during the day than to go back through somebody's Twitter timeline. But but I'll say this, Ben. Th- th- again, if I'm wrong, you tell me I'm wrong. Okay. This seems like our pals of the Triangle Sports Media up in Woke County are very upset because this guy's a Trump supporter. That's what I look at it as.
1: That, that's all it is. Because I mean,
2: he is vocal about his support for the president the the former president he's vocal about his opposition to where the country's going in a lot of direct is that correct as well
1: no that's correct and a lot of Keynes fans have kind of openly stated like it's solely because he likes trump i mean this is the type of guy that goes on twitter and says i'm leaving twitter i'm going to parlor like he's that kind of and that's why they're upset about it yeah he's just that kind of guy that likes to stir up trouble he's very vocal he's it's got a loud mouth, and but I mean, uh, it doesn't sit well with a lot of people. When I
2: see the Triangle I have friends up there, yeah, you know. of course. But when I see them get outraged about something, I often think to myself, well, this is something that I probably am going to push because it'll outrage them even
0: more.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, so we're, here's what we're, we've talked about. Getting her, let's get D'Angelo on the show. I want okay. you to work right. on that. I'm, right. I'm giving you a homework assignment.
1: And I'll say this about the Canes: there keeps there's like this narrative that the Canes are this great organization. They're trying to build a great culture. They're trying to be family friendly, just goody two shoes organization. Before Rod Brendamore, they had Bill Peters as their head coach, <laughs> and they hired Bill Peters. And that guy did make yes horribly racist and remarks. it was proven. He they right. know and the organization knowingly knew that. Well, that's true. So I mean, this is not this is not something new. All right, let
2: me. But but again, with D'Angelo, none of this has been provable. Unlike with Peter. D'Angelo, I'm, I don't now, mean
1: to make the comparison. I'm right. just saying.
2: Now, other people are also saying he's an anti-vax guy. But I mean,
1: a lot of NFL players that let's, are let's, well, lean left. That you and I were talking about this today.
2: There are a lot of NFL players who have not been vaccinated, and there are a lot of African American players. So it's not a racial issue, at least not with the Triangle Sports Media and national media. And it is not a uh, political issue because there are guys who are admitted Democrats and support, which they have every right to do. Uh, guys in the NFL who are who've been at fundraisers and have, have raised money and have campaigned and worked hard to get Democrats elected in their communities and nationally. Their business, no problem with it. They are not getting vaccinated. So it, it's not a political issue when it comes to the vaccine.
1: I so, find it creepy and weird, these 40-year-old out-of-shape sports media members. Who like Bruce Springsteen. E- yes, Bruce Springsteen stinks. But anyways, <laughs> they want to control these 20-something, 30-something-year-olds that are in peak physical shape, know how to take care of their bodies, know about their own health. And these 40-year-old out-of-shape, terrible health media members are going to tell them well, what to do. The yeah. blue check mark checkmark. Their nuts,
2: the blue mark. Mark Burnett
1: needs, some, needs something to go nuts about. Absolutely. Not the
2: not the road I wanted to go down. All right, here's what we're going to do, though. We're going to get McMurphy on. I'm really wanting to talk to him about what's happening with this uh, college football realignment, where the American may stand, where ultimately ECU may stand, and, and where the ACC may stand. Uh, we have a great promotion coming up. A week from tomorrow night, it is going to be uh, great uh, because – No, I'm sorry. Today's Wednesday. I keep I've been a day ahead all week. It's these meetings I've been talking good about you and Ben. I've been I've been ahead of all week because of these uh, meetings that we have been in. I've lost track of time, but um, we've got a really great deal with our friends with the Carolina Mudcats. You've seen it on our social media. Nice hat. They're doing another ECU night at uh, Five County Stadium in Zebulon, about 50 miles from here, to the west. Real easy trip out of town. Over, I mean, it's a real quick trip. Uh, you could go to carolinamudcats.com and go ahead and get your tickets, some muddy money, which is concession vouchers to the tune of 40 bucks. You already get a parking pass with this. And then four ECU mudcats co-branded purple and gold hats. In other words, if you go ahead and go to carolinamudcats.com for that four box seat package for just 95 bucks, you can go ahead and guarantee that your hat. So that's something you could do. Now, on uh, Talk of the Town and on 107.9, they're going to be giving away packages, this very package, to listeners next week. We've got tickets to give away. So what we can do is go ahead and get your ticket situation taken care of, and then you're in line for uh, to get it. We can't, We, can't. We, our, our situation here is, because we're letting the other stations give away the big prizes, we're not going to be able to get you the hat guaranteed, but we at least get you two tickets so you can make your plans to get there early for that game on Friday night, a week from Friday night, to get your hat. It's
1: up to you to camp out overnight. and get Right, that hat. exactly.
2: But look, that they ran out of hats quickly because this was such a this. And I will say this: this hat is sharper than that hat.
1: Oh yeah, this is a good looking lid. I love the last hat. The last hat was nice. It like, okay. was okay. Top of the line. It was
2: all right. This one was. A, this one's really good looking though. And I might have secured you a hat today, Ben. By the way, I was negotiating. There we go. Hard, Thank you. You, you didn't you do, do it last
1: time, but I'll you made you it. Made you one did it in account.
2: I'll get you one this time. All right. So here's what we're gonna do. We got a couple concert tickets to give away. You got some of that as well. Yeah. What do we want to do here? Well, we'll let the people pick, but we're gonna give a couple concert tickets. Plenty of options. For some upcoming shows. And we're gonna give away a couple of tickets to the Mudcats.
1: we want to give away both? Like a package? Yeah, there's gonna be a package. So hey, we got, we got some
2: entertainment for you coming up. Uh we'll do caller three. Yeah, let's well, let's do caller five. Let's do caller five. Two five two five six one game. Two five two five six one four two six three. Be kind to Ben. He'll be kind back to you. And we might talk to that caller uh in a bit. Uh, we'll get that hooked up right now. We'll break. We'll come back and we'll get Brett McMurphy on uh, after this on the Patrick Johnson Show.
0: Miss a moment. Remember,
3: of- there will be a test.
0: You can log on to the brand new 94.3thegame.com for the podcast of the PJ Show. Plus, what's going on with sports in Pitt County and around the globe. And the latest on the ECU Pirates. Log on today at the brand new 94.3thegame.com. You
1: are dismissed. Just follow me.
0: We're doing it for the gram. Check out picks from the PJ show and more. Plus picks from around Pirate Nation. 94.3 The Game. Now on Instagram. All right, so uh, some
2: breaking news from Pete Thamel here. The Big 12 has sent a cease and desist letter to ESPN demanding that ESPN end, quote, all actions that may harm the conference and its members and that it not communicate with the Big 12 Conference's existing members. Ooh, all right, more on that in a moment. Uh, Brett McMurphy's been all over this story as well. Uh, And uh, Brett from Stadium uh, joins us uh, here. Brett, sorry about the time screw-up here, but uh, we'll try to get as much in with the time we have with you, uh, so we appreciate uh, a few moments with us here. So obviously this is uh, something that's just broken in the last half hour, uh, maybe in the last 10 minutes perhaps, now that I'm looking at it a little more closely. Uh, so uh, I don't know if you have any any reaction to that report from Yahoo. Uh,
3: I don't season uh, season desist. I don't understand what ESPN supposedly is doing when conferences realign, the schools get together, they have conversations, um, they then talk to the conferences. Um, you know, they flirt a little bit. They uh, they go out on a couple of dates, and then when it gets serious, the conference thing goes to ESPN, then goes to Fox, whatever TV partner they have and say, hey, if we add school A, B, C, and D, or any combinations of that school, how does that impact our media rights deal? And the network gives them a guesstimate on how that would change the value of their media rights deals. Um, If the Big 12 is suggesting that ESPN went to the SEC or went to Texas and Oklahoma and suggested that they go leave the Big 12 conference for the SEC, that's... It's a hell of an allegation. That's not how it works. It doesn't benefit ESPN. Um I think the Big Twelve and I'm an Oklahoma State grad. I think the Big Twelve's grasping grasping at straws. I haven't seen the letter, but look, I know how conference realignment has worked for the past thirty years. And the T V networks do not approach the schools to have them leave conferences.
2: Brett, uh as far as you know, where the Big Twelve is right now, what uh in its future. What are you hearing? What, what's your feel for this?
3: Well, they're basically, I think the future of the Big 12 depends on what the Big 10 does, what the Pac-12 does, what the ACC does. And in that, if if those leagues decide to stay at their current numbers, if they don't expand, the remaining Big 12 teams will be okay. They've got eight left. They may decide to choose some group of five teams to get to 10 or 12. Now they may stay at eight. That's the decision they have to make. But if any of those power leagues decide to go ahead and, and um, expand, they're gonna take Big Eight. I keep calling them Big Eight. Right. <laughs> uh, they, they're gonna take Big Twelve schools, and then um, then the league implodes, and we go from ten um, power ten conferences overall to nine conferences overall. Um, you know, one other thing. You know, I know that there's been. You know, reports and I, I, there's so much stuff flying around now. Oh, yeah. I can't keep it straight, but there's been, I don't know if it's speculation, sourced reporting, um, people throwing stuff against the wall or whatever, but one thing I wanted to, to kind of hopefully, um, you know, clarify I saw that supposedly the American was going to go on the aggressive and you know, look to take advantage of this. The only way that the American can get any schools from the from the Big 12 is if all of those um, other leagues I mentioned take some members from the Big 12 and then there's two or three left and they don't have a home. There's absolutely no chance that if the Big 12 stays together, those eight schools, that any of those eight schools would leave for the American because they're making you know, three to four times more right. in meteorites. rights. Um, certainly that number is going to change when you don't have Texas and Oklahoma. But the thinking is from the TV consultants I've talked to, that still their numbers would not drop down to the current numbers of the American, which I believe is about six or seven, six or seven million yeah, a year. It is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so certainly if, if there's no big 12 left then yeah, whatever schools are left, um, whether it's oklahoma state kansas state kansas whatever if there's only two or three schools left and sure they're going to look to to join ranks with the american or the mountain west or whatever makes most sense to them um, but the idea that the american could go and get those teams to leave if if and it's a big if if all eight teams remain you know simply is not ever going to happen
2: who might uh, the big 12 be interested in adding if they decide that, that the eight are going to remain together uh, and they wanted to go on the aggressive, or do you see them even taking that tact?
3: Well, it's funny. You would think, you know, Hey, if you're at eight, you want to definitely get up to t- 10. You definitely want to get up to 12. I talked to somebody in the big 12 last week and they said, you know, we may just stay at eight. And I know that sounds crazy, but the way they look at it is, you know, if whatever the amount of money that they're going to end up with in their media rights deal If you divide that by eight, is that number greater than if you add two schools or four schools and then whatever your media rights deal is now, if you divide that amount by 10 or 12? You're probably going to make less money per school if you add teams from the group five leagues. Um, And they certainly have to figure out which ones they would go to. You, You hear the usual suspects you've heard they the pretty obvious, you know, Cincinnati, UCF, Boise, BYU, Houston, SMU. Um, do they want two teams out of Florida maybe get USF in the mix? There's a million different ways they can go, go with this. But, you know, again, this stuff changes so, so frequently and so quickly. Um, but, you know, there is a possibility they could just stay, they could just stay at eight um, because again, the only reason you expand is if you can add teams that increase the value of your conference per school. Um, and so that's something they obviously have to figure out and, and determine. Certainly certainly they're familiar with all the candidates since they had them right. all go through the song and dance routine um, you know, a couple of years ago and then decided not to expand.
2: We've got Brett McMurphy uh, stating we appreciate his time here. Uh, if I can squeeze a couple more in, Brett. Uh, here as far as the ACC goes there's a lot of talk about West Virginia but the Atlantic Coast Conference has passed over them twice already um, and I know they're the outlier in the Big 12 right now uh, geographically uh, do you see the ACC expanding or does that only depend on if they can get and somehow coax Notre Dame into playing as a full-fledged football member full-time but that doesn't seem real likely
0: right now
3: yeah I don't think Notre Dame's ever going to join a conference I, I really don't I think the only way Notre Dame is forced to join a conference is if uh, somehow the college football playoff was limited to conference champions only
0: mm-hmm. and
3: I don't think we'll ever see that um, you know and you're right the ACC has has skipped over West Virginia on um, the past few their past few uh, times on the uh, <laughs> realignment roulette wheel but this, this time it's a little bit different because the, the unknown and what basically all the conferences are trying to figure out right now is do they feel the need to get to 16? The SEC, you know, love them or hate them, is, was smart enough to figure out what a lot of people thought would happen eventually, and that is we're going to see these 16 team super conferences. So, do you want to be the first to 16? and have the first two picks or do you want to be the last 16 and then your options aren't as great. Mm -hmm. So for West Virginia and kind of what I talked about a minute ago about, you know, adding schools that bring more value per team to the conference, if you're adding West Virginia, um, you know, I've heard, I've heard both sides of this, that yes, they would bring a little bit more value. I've heard, no, they won't. Um, So, We'll say they don't bring any more value or less value. So now the ACC has to make a decision. Do we want to bring on another member that may reduce the amount of money each school will make so we will have 16 members in every sport but football, and then hopefully somehow, someway, Notre Dame joins to make it a 16-team league? Or are we okay with our current setup? There's not a right or wrong answer in this. It's just basically whatever their philosophy is moving forward um, but certainly that seems the most likely candidate. They're not going to get anybody from the Big Ten or the SEC because those schools um, would lose money by going to the ACC. Um, somebody has mentioned, and I'm sure you've seen, again, a million different things floating on Twitter. somebody's mentioned that, well, the Pac-12 and the ACC should combine leagues and then kind of like Major League Baseball, having an American division and a national division and you're in the same conference. Well, that's actually not a bad idea, except for one kind of um, obvious reason. If you're in the same conference, that means your conference champ is the only one that's guaranteed right. a spot in the playoffs. Right. Um, and so all the other teams would be kind of scrambling. Uh, but we may have twenty team, twenty four team con- uh, conferences moving forward. So for the ACC, it's not real easy. It's hard. They're kind of locked in because of geography, kind of like the Pac-12 is. I don't know what they're going to do. Do they feel the need to get to 16? Obviously, they could have any team out west that's in a group of five league. It could They could have had them the last 50 years. They didn't want it. Does the SEC getting to 16 basically, you know, not forced, but, you know, kind of push the other leagues to get the 16 and if so the pac-12 you would think most likely would look at the remaining schools from texas in the big 12 yeah maybe oklahoma state maybe houston is attracted to them um maybe they want to get in the state of texas so yeah i'm trying to (laughs) i'm trying to give you definitive answers but there really aren't any yet because this is all the conversations sure yeah they're having right having right now well, I, and real I, quickly you, yeah. you know you mentioned we started off about the big 12 season assist so i guarantee you right now if if the pac-12 hasn't done it already if the acc hasn't done it already they're going to espn they're going to fox and say look if we had west virginia if we had the texas schools if we had right. oklahoma state how give us a guesstimate on how that's going to impact our rights deals they'll get that information they'll do the analysis on it they'll present it to the university president's And then they'll make a decision whether to pull the trigger or not.
2: You may or may not know this, but where did the idea of Texas, Oklahoma to the SEC originate? Have you been able to kind of get a timeline idea on that?
3: Well, all I was told is in December, Texas and Oklahoma approached the SEC. They were in lockstep. They were working together and they basically were kicking the tires and wanted to see if the SEC had any interest. That was their first choice. Um, I was told at that point the conversations continued. Then it got to the point where the university presidents were brought in. And now we're to where we are now, where tomorrow the, the SEC will vote by a unanimous 14 to 0 decision to Adam. Sorry, Texas AM will change their vote. <laughs> but knowing how this works, um, the question is how so they, they went to the SEC in December. The question that I don't think will ever get answered, for legal reasons, is how far back did Texas and Oklahoma start these discussions yeah. that they were going to leave leave the league? This isn't something you decide in a week or a weekend over drinks. This is this is probably a year long process that they only talked about at the highest levels, and obviously they kept it quiet because they can't they, that can't get out or it would blow everything up. So they. They probably had those discussions for up to a year before they decided to approach the SEC. But I was told I was told when they did approach the SEC, they had made up their mind. They were leaving the Big 12. Obviously, they hadn't notified the league officially. But at that point, they had made the decision. They were going to leave, leave the Big 12. The question then was, where were they going to end up? Obviously, the SEC was their number one choice. The SEC was like, you know, come on down, we'll take you. And then now that now that's where we are currently.
2: If you, you, you mentioned a few moments ago that there would be uh, potentially 2024 20, member conferences uh, or, you know, something that would have a division, right. something along those lines. Is that ultimately where we're headed or, because I'm kind of listening to what you're saying here. And if TV has a a say in it, and, and let's face it, despite what some believe, there is a ceiling to how much TV is going to be willing to pay. Right. Um, it, it would seem to me that we're not. This isn't as 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 possible as soon maybe as we think it could be. But uh, you know, I, I just I, I think the TV dollars are going to have to run out at some point,
3: and that's right. the motivation you're, you're, for, yeah, you're for you're going twenty right. for and going I, twenty I plus. Think is, is that we get to you know the everyone has kind of said well, we're going to get these four 16 team super conferences um, maybe it's 232 team conferences everyone you know likes to look at it and say it will kind of be like the NFL model um, which means if you're not part of these these power conferences then you simply will not be playing them anymore I worry about I think I think this sucks for college football I hate it I think it's going to it's going to damage the entirety of college football because if you're not into a power league, um, you know, the group of five will have to figure out what they're going to do. They're going to be only making five, six, seven million a year in TV rights, media rights. You know, how do you survive on that? Do they merge with the FCS? Uh, but you bring up a good point. You know, the, the, the money's not going to go on forever, but on the flip side, if you have the Alabama in Texas and Oklahoma and Ohio states of the world and they're playing each other in a twelve game season and Alabama's no longer playing directional state U and you know Oklahoma's no longer playing Missouri State and you lose those games for games against, you know, the elite of the elite in college football, that's going to bring more value, more revenue to those leagues. But as far as is is it going to be 4-6? Teen teams is right. it going to be two and thirty two? Is it going to be a sixteen, a thirty two, and a sixteen? That stuff will get played out somehow, some way. Um, and you're you're dead on. It's the money's going to run out, but you know what? They're going to find money for that. ESPN finds money right. to bid for the NFL. They yeah. find money to go after the NBA. They will find money if there's a if there's a division of football that only consists of the top sixty four schools. What? The offshoot of that is, is there won't be any money left over for anybody that's not involved in these, in these super conferences. And then it's, you're going to see things like, um, you know, the Arizona Bowl yesterday did a deal with Barstool Sports. Yep. Arizona Bowl could not find a TV network that would televise the game. They couldn't find it on ESPN, Fox, or even CBS Sports Network. So they're going to Barstool. It's going to be streamed over the internet. That's that's fine. That's great. Great for the Arizona Bowl. Great for Barstool. But there's your perfect example of the TV money is not going to be there for everybody, and they're going to have to prioritize all this stuff. And that's great if you're part of the big boy leagues. But if you're not, it's, it's, it's not good news. And I hate that because I, that's what I loved about college football is the difference in all the conferences, the different schools, the different venues – you know, I've been to Greenville for a number of games. I mean, you just, it's everything so different. And I love that. And I'm afraid that's what we're losing when we, when we get to the point where we have all these super conferences.
2: Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, you know, the culture here, I mean, it's, it's a football crazy, especially when they're winning uh, town and, and it's just, uh, it's, you're kind of in a bad gray area right now, if you're ECU. And, and when you hear that, I, I get a little nervous uh, about uh, the future of, the football program here uh and of the american in in some respects
3: hey um, yeah, i mean i'm here i'm yeah. here in tampa and I, you know usf's in a in a very precarious situation right now yeah you know they there's no they're in a great market in tampa what they've done the past few years on the field nobody wants that so is that it will a tampa tv market be enough to get them in i don't know and if they don't get in like ECU, I worry what's going to happen to all those schools, um, whether it's the American Mountain West Conference USA, et cetera.
2: Well, you know, and, and again, thanks for your time here. But I mean, coming off of last year, uh, you know, we we hear things. USF's I mean, it's a tough deal right now down there, coming off the pandemic year uh, for them. I mean, they they've had to make some, not that everybody has it, but I mean, that's that's a that's a athletic department that is um, you know stories we hear up this way that. Uh, it's had to make some tough decisions and some tough calls. Hey, uh, it's great to talk to you. We could go on and on, and uh, we'll we'll get the times uh, squared out better next time, Brett, because you're a great uh, friend to come on and, and join us here. So I uh, hope to catch up with you sometime in the next few weeks, and uh, enjoy your uh, rest of the week down there in Tampa.
3: Okay. Thanks for having me. Take All care.
2: Right. All right. There he goes, Brett McMurphy. Good stuff there from, from him. Lots of real interesting things. All right. Uh, Ben's got an update on uh, everything going on. Pirate basketball. Speaking of the uh, Big 12 and future SEC member Oklahoma, they got a date coming up on the hardwood. Uh, Ben, with those details and a lot more uh, with your uh, sports update right now. Ben?
1: Thanks, Patrick. Ben Barham here for 94 through The Game Sports Update. We start from Pirate Basketball. It was confirmed earlier today that Pirate Basketball will play Oklahoma in the Myrtle Beach Invitational. It will be the first ever meeting between the two programs. That event is set to tip off on November 18th, 19th, and the 21st. Moving on to Pirate Football, Pirate punter John Young has been named to the Ray Guy Watch List, an annual award meant to honor the best punter in college football. And from Pirate Softball, they added two transfers and sophomore infielder from FIU, Jocelyn Alonzo and sophomore utility player Joe Castillo from George Washington University. From the NFL, former Panthers wide receiver Kelvin Benjamin was dismissed from Giants practice after an altercation with head coach Joe Judge and GM Dave Gettleman after a failed tight end stint, is that he's expected to be cut sometime today. Niners rookie quarterback Trey Lance has officially signed his rookie contract, leaving only Zach Wilson of the Jets as the only rookie left unsigned. Carolina Hurricanes continue to stay busy in free agency. Signing defenseman Ian Cole and Tony D'Angelo on small one-year deals. Also bringing in another young defenseman, Ethan Baer, via trade from the Oilers, giving up forward to Warren Fogle. It isn't in there for the Canes. They sign a new duo in the net, grabbing Maple Leaf starting goalie Frederick Anderson and Arizona Arizona goalie Antti Ronta. They also signed winger Josh Josh Levo and re-signed Jordan Martin. The Canes also lost a few key pieces in free agency. Brock McGinn signed a three-year deal with the Penguins, while Dougie Hamilton has reportedly signed a deal with New Jersey. As for the goaltenders, Peter Mrazek is signed with Toronto, or Reimer is signed with the San Jose Sharks. It's going to do a fewer 94th of the Game Sports Update. I'm Ben Barham.
0: hey there, Panthers. Go, baby! Very good! The P-Man. Uh, but it's pants. This is Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. Ninety-four-three, The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. I think I, I just screwed up everything. I screwed
2: up the timing of everything, but that was good. McMurphy was good. Might help if I read the rundown, right?
1: Yeah, Hey, at least you got me ahead this year. <laughs> All is forgiven. Well, I don't have it yet. You said it was pretty much a lock, so. Well, it is, but I'm it's. I'm expecting it's one.
2: Vis- I'm trying to arrange to get them ahead of time, but I'm not going to be in town next week.
1: Just throw your weight around. Let them know who you are. Well, they're talking about bringing them down here, and I've said we well, got to give them to Ben, and. Anyway. Assert your dominance. It's like when you're a kid, you know, talking to girls. You need to assert your dominance. True. Nightmare. <laughs> um, so.
2: Q. Tucker did not meet with the media today. Members Uh-oh. of the board did afterwards, of course. Lawmakers did, and uh, Nick Stevens with high school OT um, does a fine job. I mean, really, is kind of the guy now in the state. Uh, since we, especially since our guy Hughes has moved down to Florida, but um, you, you know he's kind of running through now. I've been texting with someone who is in the meeting, and uh, this is the like jumping off point, there's going to be more to come discussions. But I think now the idea is that they're going to move into negotiations and discussions. But I've been told that you can also expect there's, regardless, there's still, it might not be in the form of this, you know, nuclear option bill, but there is going to be legislation. So we'll just see. But the tone I'm getting from a couple people that I am corresponding with in the meeting, everything was optimistic. Uh, It was a good meeting between the two sides, so it's good to hear. Now, boy, they were fast-tracking this thing, so I don't know if this thing slows to a crawl or or how this goes. And uh, Senator Johnson is actually quoted as saying, the guy we had on yesterday, Todd Johnson, that that House Bill 91 was always the path of last resort, and he told us that yesterday. So there we go. Um, Nick, like I said, uh, Nick Stevens is kind of running through everything there that we, uh, that we uh, just told you about and that I'm getting reports on for text messages. But uh, you could kind of follow that and, and see. How about, uh, it was good that this was kind of happening in real time with McMurphy on this deal from the Big 12 telling ESPN to cease and desist when it comes to talking to members, existing members of the Big 12. Existing members of the Big 12 currently include Texas and Oklahoma. So I, I that's a fascinating story to me. That is a fascinating story to me.
1: Um sound a little butthurt for sure.
2: Well, it's just an interesting because you know, Brett knows because Brett worked for ESPN. This is Brett's beat, and understanding how the T V deals work and how conference realignment works is part of that beat. You know, I mean, he signed up to go cover games and all over the country, but you got to become smart to these other realities and how business is done if you're if you're going to cover this. And Brett's as good as you get, but um, they they don't want. This is interesting here. This is another Thamel tweet. This is kind of a second part to this. Um, so I'll just read it from the top in case you missed it. Here, Big Twelve has sent a cease and desist letter to ESPN. The letter demands ESPN and, quote, all actions that may harm the conference and its members and that it not communicate with the Big 12 conference's existing members or any NCAA conference regarding Big 12 conference members. Wow. Also, not to discuss possible conference realignment or potential financial incentives or outcomes related to possible conference realignment. So the punchline there is: School A and School B, in this case Texas and Oklahoma, come up with the idea that they want to look at going to the big or going to the SEC. So they approach the SEC, and as Brett said, after all the uh, grand poobahs from these respective schools and, and conferences speak with one another, then all of a sudden they go to the TV and say, "Hey, what would this look like?" So what that tells me is there are people who maybe are actively looking to raid remaining Big 12 members, the ACC, the Pac-12. Contrary to what Brett says, I have it on really good authority, the American is trying to be aggressive because they feel like maybe adding schools would help their profile, and Mike Oresco is nobody's fool because Oresco worked in the TV business for decades. So point being that I guess – the component where you go to talk to ESPN and you say, hypothetically, if we added West Virginia and Kansas, what would that do to our? They're basically saying they can't give you that estimate now. Is how I'm understanding this. That's very I'll see how
1: you enforce that though. I mean, how do you keep that yeah, from happening? Because if
2: that's standard kind of operating procedure, at ESPN's just—I mean, that's like asking an expert to give you an estimate on what it would be to yeah. repair your car. I mean, you can't seasoned but what i what i am getting from this is that the big 12 inferring that espn is the one behind all this and I, that's i just don't think that's the case i mean we've talked to a couple guys well, they're
1: desperate they're about to lose their two big money makers there and
2: well no they are it's not they're about to they are yeah. lo- tomorrow they will have lost their two big money makers
1: yeah now i don't know if this is a
2: retroactive thing to try to to try to halt that but i mean the the, the it's fait complete. they're basically voting tomorrow 13-1 at worst, which would be so cool if A&M voted at, voted
1: against it. Well, the whole deal is kind of crummy because they, they, Texas and Oklahoma never – it seems like they didn't give the conference much notice, and now they're kind of – What do
2: you mean they're not, they're not leaving until 2025?
1: Well, still, I – I, I was, think so, it legally was
2: they've given all the notice. I think, you think was it was before. the deal that came out of nowhere. I don't think – I think the announcement came out of nowhere. Yeah. I think this – I agree with Brett. I think this has been in the works for – at least a year. I think somewhere along the line and I think this is just my personal feeling I think somebody at Texas came up with the idea, we're going to go to the SEC.
1: But I wonder why they're not being more aggressive in trying to recruit. who? Schools, the big 12. Why are they not trying to? Well they might be, but keep, keep afloat there.
2: You can't be public in yeah. doing that. See, it's like he said in the interview, Is it an attractive TV partner? Is USF an attractive TV partner because of the Tampa market? They don't uh, this has always been my argument with the thing. They don't draw flies. They're not a big deal in Tampa, even if they're
1: winning. They're not even in their own stadium.
2: Right. They, I mean, that's there's not a big deal. Cincinnati is a little bit bigger deal in the city of Cincinnati, but if they're not winning, eh, you know. That's another
1: score. It's like right.
2: ugh. everybody's an Ohio State fan. So I've always thought the TV market thing was a little overrated because the SEC, all the TV markets stink. Vanderbilt's in Nashville; that's your best TV market, but nobody there really cares about
1: Vanderbilt. Outside yeah. of that, you got Gainesville, and
2: I mean, they, yeah, they're all not very good. TV Birmingham, markets. they're not very good TV markets. They're not very good TV
1: markets. Exactly.
2: Um, all right, I uh, let's grab a break. We'll come back, get everything kind of set up for tomorrow. And uh, we'll come back and, uh, and put a wrap on this show here today. It is pouring rain outside now, Ben. I can hear it on the roof. So uh, if you're out there driving around, headed home from work, uh, do be careful because it is raining pretty hard out there right now. Uh, we'll be back. Wrap things up after this.
0: Online or on the go, love it. log on to our brand new website, 943thegame.com, to listen to our top-rated programs throughout the day. You need to. Tell your smart speaker to stream 943 the game to take us anywhere you are at any time. Every Monday during the ECU baseball season, tune in as Pirate Coach Cliff Godwin talks East Carolina baseball. Brought to you by Carolina Digestive Diseases and Endoscopy Center and the Gavigan Agency. With Patrick Johnson on your home for Pirate Baseball. I fly ball to left, to the track, to the wall. He cannot get it. 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. Now back to the Patrick Johnson Show.
2: NBC averaged just under 14 million TV only viewers for the uh, Tuesday primetime Olympic coverage. Streaming will likely add anywhere from half a million to 800,000 viewers, it is speculated by our guy Austin Karp. TV down 58% from the same night, or TV only down 58% from the same night. Rio in 2016, $33.4 33. Streaming brought that over 36. There's just got to be a better way to make this available. And, you know, I mean, it's outdated. I mean, when it's prime time here, it's like
1: 7 in the morning there. I don't know. They need to redo the rating systems uh, as a whole. It's just very, like you said, outdated.
2: Well, no, I'm talking about the way NBC presents the Olympics is outdated.
1: Oh, yeah, well, the Olympics kind of. I'm iffy uh, but about. I mean, it's—I mean, this is way down. This just isn't a little down. This is way down. It doesn't help that Simone Biles just decided to up and leave. So. Doesn't help. It's a big star
2: doesn't there. Doesn't help that the people representing America hate America. Most of them. Doesn't help either. Thanks to Brett McMurphy, uh, we'll get our act together on the giveaway tomorrow. That the whole thing again. I need to read the rundown. So we'll have that for you tomorrow. More tickets. Uh, we'll give you some for the. Uh, ECU night at the ballpark for the Mudcats a week from Saturday and or a week from Friday, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow to tell you more about that and uh, talk about the Panthers a little bit out at uh, training camp. Uh, for Ben Byram, I'm Patrick Johnson. We'll see you tomorrow.